Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. As we continue moving through the pandemic in which we find ourselves, hopefully we're, we're, the worst of it is behind us and, and we're moving forward. And now we're waiting for all of the supply chains to catch up so that we can return to some semblance of normal, whatever that may be. I don't know that uh, normal is anything other than a setting on a dryer. <clears throat> True. But one of the shortages uh, that's been out there, that, uh, how many of you are aware that there's been a shortage of baby formula? Oh, yeah, people know about that. Yeah, evidently, there are only four companies in the United States that, that, that make that, and one of them got shut, shut down because of some kids that got sick, and they're trying to figure out if there was a tie-in and all that stuff. Uh, and it's a serious, it's a serious concern uh, if, if you have an infant at home. Uh, we don't have an infant at home. And so it really didn't impact me. Uh, our kids have, have grown Baby formula's not on the, on the shopping list anymore. Uh, we, moved, we moved past the, 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 the baby food stages, and uh, we're grateful when uh, our kids could eat corn on the cob and, uh, uh, and, and you know, cut into that uh, nice, thick head of lettuce if you're a vegetarian, uh, or, uh, you know, a juicy hamburger, whatnot. So, I mean, we, we know how to take care of ourselves physically. We know the foods uh, that we should eat. We know the foods that we, that we like to eat. And, uh, and we're grateful. I mean, there were, oh, man, there were some times during COVID when I, there, was, there, was no, there, were, there was no meat to, 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 to smoke and barbecue. And that was just good, terrible. Uh, but we're beyond that stage, and that's a, and that's a good thing. And... We're told that the baby formula is ramping up production, and pretty soon that will be uh, available to everybody, and everyone can breathe a sigh of relief. Do, do, do you know what, uh, what infant formula is, is never lacking? Spiritual milk. Spiritual milk is never lacking. It is available in abundance. The problem is that way too many followers of Jesus Christ think that they can survive on nothing but spiritual milk. Now, if you have your Bibles, I would direct you to open them to the sixth chapter of John. How many of you read the sixth chapter of John this last week? Okay, you know what? There's still time because we're going to be in this sixth chapter of John for the rest of the month. Because there's stuff here that we need to wrap our minds around. Now, as we first entered into the sixth chapter, we read about Jesus feeding the 5,000. Now, as we look at the portraits that we have in the other Gospels, uh, we read that it was 5,000 men plus the women and children. So we don't know how many people were there, but there were a lot of people and they were physically fed by Jesus. Now, 
John tells us, the author tells us, that all this is, is taking place around the time of the Passover. Now, why is that important for us to note that all of this took place around the time of the Passover? Because the Passover is a big deal in Jewish communities, even to this day. And what do they focus on? What do they look at? What do they read? What do they remember as they think about the Passover? Yes, they think about the deliverance from slavery uh, uh, and, and, and the journey to the promised land. But what happened very early on in, in, that, uh, in that whole process of that exodus? God fed them, but before he fed them, he led them. And he led them through the Red Sea. Remember Moses. It wasn't Moses that did that. It was God that did that through Moses. And so as they're, as they're, as they're, as they're traveling along in the wilderness, what, do the, uh, what is the refrain of the Israelites? They're so happy because God has delivered them from slavery and Moses now is leading them to the promised land. And every day they would come up to Moses and pat him on the back and say, Mo, thank you so much. This is glorious. There's a new chapter being written in our lives and we are so thankful that God has sent you into our lives. All they did was grumble and complain. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Oh, that we were back in Egypt where we ate to our heart's content. We're hungry, Moses. And so what happens? They get manna from heaven. And so as they're, as they're thinking about Passover, they're thinking about the miracles associated with Moses. And Jesus comes along. And he feeds more than 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. Do you, do you know that there was the writings uh, in, in some of the Jewish literature was a belief that, when the, that, that Moses fed the nation of Israel with, a, with a, a, a treasure of heavenly bread. That was their mistake because it wasn't Moses that fed them. It was God that fed them. Moses was the vehicle through whom God fed the nation of Israel when they were in the wilderness. And there was a belief, and it's written down in the, in the, in the, in the Hebrew text and in the scholarly, scholarly works, that when the Messiah comes back, that treasure trove of heavenly bread will once again be released. And they will be fed just like they were in the wilderness. And Jesus comes along. And he feeds all of these people with a handful of bread and a couple of fish. And you can just see the wheels turning, as we talked about last week, and the disciples thinking, yes, this is our Messiah. We've got an army of 5,000 men here. You guys be ready. When he says pick up arms, you, you be ready to go. And, and as they gather up all the pieces, Jesus sends the disciples away. Because they are on the brink of starting a riot when Jesus is going to dismiss the crowds. So he's, he sends them away. They get in the boat, and they leave to go to Capernaum. So, so there's, there's uh, uh, there are three, three if, you, if you looked at the Sea of Galilee, so 
they, were, they were at about the 10 o'clock position in, in Magdala where the feeding of the 5,000 took place. They're going to get on a boat, they're going to get in their boat, and they're going to go up to about the 11 o'clock position, uh, which is Capernaum, and that's where Jesus kind of hung out. But there were, there were, there were uh, northeasterly winds that would blow down across the Sea of Galilee, making it very, very difficult for fishermen to, to uh, navigate those waters. But Jesus, he, he sends them off. Everybody watches Jesus send off his disciples. And then, and then he dismisses the crowds and goes up into a mountain to be by himself, to be with the Lord, to, to strengthen himself for what is ahead. And that's where we pick up the narrative uh, this morning. When evening came, this is John chapter 6, verse 16. When evening came, uh, his disciples, they went down to the lake where they got into the boats and they set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing uh, and, and the waters grew rough. And when they had rowed three or three and a half miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on water. And they were terrified. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat. And immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered with his disciples, but that they had gone away alone. Some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. You are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. As we try to wrap our minds around who Jesus is, we need to remember that there is always going to be a legitimate mystery there. We're never going to be able to put all the pieces together. We watch through the pages of Scripture Jesus taking a handful of meager loaves and, 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 and a couple of fish and, and feeding all these people. And we are amazed at the miracle that he performed. They were there because they had witnessed other miracles of healing that, that, that Jesus had performed. The ranks are growing. And again, we talked, we talked about last week, there's this, this anticipation that Jesus is the, is the king that they want. And when they try to force him to be king, Jesus leaves because 
He doesn't want to be the king that they want. He wants to be the king that they need. So they get in the boats and they head off. And now we read that he's walking on the water. And, 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 and there, are, there are those who say, see, see, that, that just can't happen. So that's obviously a fabrication. It, 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 it never happened. I love the other, the other gospels. And this is where it's kind of good to, to read the other accounts uh, of, what's, of what's going on. Uh, in, in, uh, in one of the other gospels, we're told that Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, bid me to come out. And, and, and Jesus says, come on out, Pete. And he, and he, can you, can you, can you picture it? Peter looking at the other disciples and then tentatively stepping over the side of the boat and the, and the water holds his weight. He's looking at Jesus and he, and he takes a couple of tentative steps on the water. But remember the winds are blowing and the, and the seas are rough. Uh, and, and there's Peter, he's out of the boat and I can't even imagine what the other disciples are thinking. And, and Jesus is saying, come. He takes his eyes off of Jesus and he begins to sink. And he cries out, Lord, help me. And Jesus reaches down and grabs him and pulls him up and says, you got a ways to go, Pete. But hang in there. I got faith in you. And immediately we're told that they're at the other side. Uh, which again, some will say, well, that's it's because they were already there and Jesus was walking in the shore, you know, maybe ankle deep water. There, there are pieces of this narrative that we're never going to understand. The disciples don't understand it. They see him, they think he's a ghost. They, they can't comprehend it. But it's not just the disciples because when they get there the next day, the, there were people down in Tiberias. Okay, here's your map again. Tiberias is at about the 9 o'clock position and they're going up to Magdala, which is a 10 o'clock position. Jesus and his disciples are not there. They know that the disciples went to Capernaum. They know that Jesus didn't get into the boat. They don't know where Jesus is, but logic dictates that if we find his followers, we'll find Jesus. So then they get in the boats and they go up to Capernaum and there's Jesus with his disciples and they said, when did you get here? Because the timing wise, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it, their, their minds are blown. Legitimate mystery. Not just for those who are on the outside looking in, but for those of us who are on the inside looking out. For those of us who have the faith. For those of us who believe. We're never going to be able to fully comprehend and wrap our minds around the person of Jesus Christ. That keeps us digging. And that is so important for us to keep on digging. But then Jesus, he doesn't answer their question. Did you ever notice that? Oftentimes Jesus has asked a question, he doesn't answer. He, but he, but he, because he knows what's in their hearts. He knows why they are there. And, and, he, and he, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of really cool things in here. When, when, uh, uh, when, when they're out there in the, in, the, in the water and Jesus comes walking up to them and they're freaking out, uh, and, and uh, Jesus says, it is I, do not be afraid. The, the construction of the, of the words there, it is I. Uh, 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 in, in the Greek, which nobody cares about, uh, is very, very similar well, n none of us care, but there are scholars that do. The Greeks care. Um, but, uh, 
Uh, the word that he uses is, is very similar to the word that God used when he spoke to Moses. Remember, Moses says, I can't do this, Lord. I'm, who, who am I going to say send me? They're going to say, who is it that sent you? And, and, and God said, you tell them that I sent you. I am. I am who I am. And, and, and uh, the word I am is where, is where we get the word Yahweh, which is really only four letters, Y-H-W-H. We don't know what the vowel points are. They're gone. Uh, that's a whole other story, and if I had more than seven minutes, I'd unpack that for you. But uh, those, those four letters, Y-H-W-H, three of them, the Y, the W, and the H, every word in the Hebrew uh, alphabet has a meaning. And those three letters have divine meaning. The God who is, the God who was, and the God who will always be. Pretty cool, huh? And that's Jesus is using that language. It is I. Ego ami. And they would have made that connection. Once again, Jesus claiming... Uh, elucidating his divinity amongst his disciples, which somebody pointed out to me, uh, the, this event, walking on the water, was the only miracle that Jesus performed just for the disciples. There were no other people around. Interesting. But continuing to reveal himself. And then on the, on, when they're there on the other side and, and the people finally get there and they're, they're, they're freaked out because it's like, how did you get here? When did you get here? You couldn't have walked. <laughs> Jesus goes right to the heart of the issue. I tell you the truth, you were looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs. They're not there because they're witnessing incredible teachings that are spoken with authority. They're not there because they have seen people healed and restored. They're, 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 they're not there because they witnessed a miracle of a child's lunch being transformed to feed a sea of humanity. You're not here because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. You're only thinking of your stomachs. You got something to eat. You're looking for your next handout. And then Jesus challenges them. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On, on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Physical food or spiritual food, yeah, we, we all get it. We, we, need, we need physical food. I had breakfast this morning. I'm grateful. I assume that most of you did as well. I assume afterwards you're going to go out to brunch or you're going you're to do something. You're going to have a meal today. You're going to eat. We recognize that. How many of you are going to go home and have a, 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 a nice glass of baby formula? <laughs> Probably not many of you. Because you've moved beyond that. In fact, that's our hope, is that our children move beyond that formula so that they can get through the mush to, the, to finally join us for the meal. And if they don't, we're concerned. And we call the doctor, and they even have a name for it, failure to thrive syndrome. 
because we want our children to grow beyond milk. Do you think God is any less desirous of his children to grow beyond milk? Paul talks about it in his letter to the Corinthians in chapter 3. Brothers, sisters, I, I could not address you uh, as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready for it, for that, for that spiritual meat that we need if we are going to grow and thrive as followers of Jesus Christ. But what does it look like? Okay, pastor, you said that, 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 that spiritual milk is available in abundance, and it is. And I call it devotional reading of Scripture. That's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to do devotions and read Scripture devotionally. But there are people, that's the extent of their spiritual diet. They read the Bible, maybe daily. God bless you. We're going to read a, we're going to read a, I'm going to read a psalm or a proverb every day, or I'm going to read my daily bread and the little story that goes with it. That, that's all good stuff. I don't, I don't want to take anything away from that. It's just not enough. It's also not enough to couple that. Well, pastor, I couple that. I go to church. Oh, no, no, a thousand times no. We don't go to church. Why? Yes. Thank you. And how many churches are there in Coronado? How many worshiping communities? Yeah, probably a dozen. So we need to, we need to remember we don't go to, this hour is important because it's fellowship and we come together for encouragement. But that encouragement needs to encourage us to do something. Besides walk out the door saying, wow, that was a, that was a B, B-plus sermon. <laughs> we need to move beyond spiritual milk. And what does that look like? It, it, it looks like studying the Bible. Some of us do that on, on Tuesday night. It's online. It's, we do it online. It's still and we have people, somebody said, oh, man, have you, heard, have you heard anything from Rick and Patty Phipps lately? You know, they, they've, they've been gone a year. They, they, they sat right back over there. At the, uh, and, and they go, man, boy, do I miss them. I see them every week. They're, because both of them are at the Tuesday night Bible study, and uh, uh, Patty's usually at the, at the Friday morning one because they're online. We see them all the time. Studying the Bible memorizing portions of Scripture, meditating on Scripture. That moves us beyond the spiritual milk. Now we're starting to get into some meat and to some substance. If you get the word on Wednesday, this next Wednesday, if you haven't received it already, I have a, a, th a simple three-step Bible study that is that introduction into going a little bit deeper. And going a little bit deeper, we must. Because right now, we have an anemic body of Christ that is a mile wide and an inch deep. And it may be comforting for you, but I want to tell you that the gospel is not about your comfort and your convenience. And that's the gospel of America today. Because that's our culture today. 
It's got to be convenient and it's got to be comfortable. If you're asking me to do something that is inconvenient or uncomfortable, count me out. And that's not, that's the culture at large for the, for the most part. And it's the church. We've got to get beyond that, folks. To where we are actually studying. And, and you know what? And that's not enough. That's, a, that's the intermediate stage. It's not enough just to study and memorize and, and, and meditate on Scripture. It's not enough. Well, what else is there? Allowing what God is putting between your ears to work its way down into your heart so that it can work it way, its way out into your hands and your feet so that we can be the body of Christ to a world that is dying to hear good news. And it is good news. It is good news. But even then, God knows that we cannot do it alone. We cannot do it alone. I've, people said, I don't, have to go to, I don't have to belong to a church to, to be a Christian. You're right. You're right. I would never say that a person that's not a part of a, of a, of a community of faith is, is, not a, is not a believer. I would never say that. But I don't think it's possible to grow as a believer apart from a community of faith. We need each other. And we share in the same fruit of the Spirit, but we have different spiritual gifts that make up the body of Christ. But God doesn't stop there either. The disciples, they were gathered in that upper room. They understood the value of community. They understood that they needed each other. But Jesus told them, you stay put until you receive power from on high. And they did. And on that Pentecost Sunday, the Holy Spirit came down and literally began a transformation in their lives that would transform the world. That's our legacy, people. That's our legacy. And the Holy Spirit has been described as the, as, as the shy member of the Trinity. We're uncomfortable talking about the Holy Spirit because it's uh, because we can't define, and 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 there's and when we can't define, we have no control, and when we have no control, we get afraid, and we want to step back to what's comfortable and what's convenient. But those are not options that are given to us, especially in this day and age. We've talked about flowers before. Look at the flowers. Happy birthday, June. Uh, actually, I tell her, she, she she's one of the online monitors at our second service. Today's June McLeod's birthday. We have these lovely flowers, uh, these lovely flowers from June to commemorate her parents uh, and the, gift, the gifts that they gave her and so on and so forth. And, and these flowers, they're beautiful. Are they not? They're not. They're beautiful. There's only one problem with these flowers. They're dead. dead. They just don't know it yet. They're going to last maybe a week. We're going to take those flowers at the end of the service uh, after 9 o'clock. We're going to break them apart. We're going to send them out to the shut-ins. June will probably get a bouquet because it's her birthday. She, she donated the flowers today. Uh, and there's a little card that will go with it saying, hey, these flowers were in, in church today. They heard the singing of the saints and the prayers and the preaching and all that stuff. Now we want them to bless you. A cool thing. Uh, and then by the end of the week, they're going to be tossed out because they're dead. 
Some have said that our culture today is a bouquet of beautiful flowers, but it's been cut off from everything that nourishes it and nurtures it. And it's not perfect. I get that. But the foundations have been removed. And, 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 and we no longer, people no longer know what truth is. I was listening to a segment of a podcast where somebody said that the word truth was offensive and condescending. There is hope. And there is an answer. And that answer is Jesus. Living, transforming you and me through spiritual disciplines, through the power of the Holy Spirit. As we honor the day, Pentecost, let us move beyond the milk of a spiritual diet and get into the meaty stuff. Let's wade into the deep end of the pool. We can do this, people. It won't be convenient, it won't be comfortable, but it is essential. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org. My charge and my challenge to you is, you know, pray. Pray for the, the baby formula to catch up to the need because there's a shortage there. But while you're praying for that, remember, there is no shortage of spiritual milk. But move beyond it. And Word on Wednesday this week, I'll put in the three-step Bible study. If you're not getting that email, let us know and we'll get you on the distribution list. After the service, sign up for Sunday Island Nights in July. It's going to be a great time for our family. And talk to the Probascos about students from Basque region of Spain. And let's be the community that God has created us to be while allowing the Holy Spirit To be inconvenient, to be uncomfortable, so that we can be the people that God has called us to be. And read the sixth chapter of John this week. <laughs>